Good morning. I'd like to have a conversation today, and in so doing, I'm asking for permission to have access to your heart. When I was a kid, my dad used to sometimes sit us down as a family so that we could talk. And those conversations centered on the important things in life, and I remain grateful that my dad had the courage to provide Christ-like leadership. And you call me father for a reason. And as a father of our family here at Our Lady of the Isle, I'd like permission to sit down with you kind of at the table, as my dad did, so that we could talk. It's never been more difficult to do just that, right? To talk. I don't know the last time that you attempted to talk to someone about something sensitive, right? But I fear that we're losing or perhaps we've already lost the capacity to talk. When's the last time you you tried to talk to somebody about the flag, or racial tension, or same-sex marriage, or the presidential election, or religion, or almost anything that touches on morality, or ethics, politics, or the human person? It's becoming impossible to talk. And regardless of where you stand on these issues, it's almost impossible to have an intellectual conversation aimed at the pursuit of truth without being labeled simply because you disagree. Now, I've learned a lot about life by learning from life. And here's one thing I've learned. Families are as healthy as they are able to talk about the tough stuff. I remember when my own family went through something very difficult, I came to realize face-to-face that families are as healthy as they are able to talk about the tough stuff. And so the same is true for marriages or our country, our local community, our parish here, right? We are as healthy as we are able to talk about the tough stuff. And so I'd like to talk today. And in so doing, I'd like permission to have access to your heart. And I'd like to talk today about the things that are difficult to talk about. In fact, today I'd like to introduce to you a preaching series entitled Let's Talk. And over the next six weeks, I'd like to unpack each Sunday Six things that I think are hard to talk about. So today, let's begin by asking a simple question, which is, why is it hard to talk about the things that are personal, political, or controversial? There's several reasons, and let me share four reasons why I think it's hard for us to talk about the things that are personal, political, or controversial. First, it's hard to talk about things that are energized with emotion or that are personal, right? So these issues are personal. The flag, or racial tension, or same-sex marriage, or the presidential election. Like these things, they affect real people. So for example, the flag, it touches an emotional cord within veterans who risked their lives or endured the torment of watching their best friends die. Or again, another example, like same-sex marriage, It can't be discussed without the reality that each of us knows people who are gay or lesbian. It's hard to talk about things 
that are energized with emotion or that are personal. The second reason why it's hard to talk about something that is moral without an objective standard. Right? I think we've lost our moral compass that guides moral conversation. And I feel like every time I'm in a conversation where I'm just trying to just like listen and present really where I think Christ would guide us, it seems like the only moral guide we have these days is love and that we should all love one another. But how do you define love? Right? Unless we have the courage to define what love is and what love isn't, then I fear that we're using vocabulary without a common definition. And with that said, I think the third reason why it's hard to have conversations these days is because we have exchanged truth for tolerance, and therein we have lost our understanding of objective truth. Now this is important because we've lost our compass for ethics and morality because our culture now is driven by tolerance as the litmus test for wisdom. However, if tolerance is the guiding principle for a nation, my question is, what's guiding the direction that we should tolerate? And finally, it's hard because it's hard to talk about something without throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I don't know if you've, you've heard that example, right? It's hard to, to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's hard to hold on to wisdom in the midst of things that are complex. Let me give you an example. And, and if I can just be completely transparent with you, right? I'm struggling greatly with the racial tension in our country. I'm struggling, right? Uh, on one hand, I think I have a deep reverence for the, the dignity of the human person, right? regardless of the color of one's skin. I, I want to enter into the interior tension regarding racial discrimination. But if I'm transparent with you, it's hard to do that right now, right? In my immaturity, I'm tempted to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let me give you an example. The, the property destruction and the looting during some of the protests over George Floyd's May 25th death in police custody will cost just the state of Minnesota itself $25 million. Right, so when I look at the news and I witness the looting and the destruction of people's property, my emotion and my anger at the looting is a temptation for me to dismiss the entirety of a needed conversation about racial discrimination because I have no tolerance for the looting, right? Or football, right? I had so much excitement about the return of NFL football last weekend, but I also had a grave disappointment and a lot of grief to see such a blatant disrespect for the flag that I just I tuned out the reason for the protest and, and made a decision not to watch football last weekend. You see, I'm tempted to throw the baby out with the bathwater because of the objective evil of looting and destructing of people's property or because of the disproportional response and disrespect to the flag, I'm tempted not to look at the objective reality of racial tension in our country. And that's why it's hard to talk about these things. So with any controversial topic, it's easy to throw the baby out with the bathwater.
we have to. We have to find a way to talk about the tough stuff, and since we're already there, including racism. Why is it hard to talk about race? Because it's hard to talk about an issue that we don't see as an issue. And, and let me give you a personal example by way of an explanation. I, I grew up with a very immature and uneducated um, ignorance, you might say, regarding alcoholism. I used to say things, and I repent for saying this, that, that alcoholics just need to get disciplined and stop drinking, you know. I didn't see alcoholism through the lens of someone who struggles with that addiction. Until someone that I love dearly had to come face to face with their struggle with alcoholism. And I learned more about AA. I learned more about addiction. I learned more about why is it that people struggle with alcoholism. I tried to see it from their perspective rather than my perspective. And now I actually have a great reverence for the reality of addiction and a great respect for AA, right? But I wasn't able to do that until I, I saw it from their perspective. When it comes to race or the tensions within racial discrimination, it's very difficult, at least for me, and I'll be real transparent with you here, to see it as an issue unless I see it from another person's perspective. All right, so just to be completely honest with you, uh, I can only see the world through the lens that I see the world through, right? And I grew up as a white man <laughs> in, in middle-class America. I grew up in the, in the world that I grew up in, so I tend to see all of reality through the lens of a white man who grew up in middle-class America. And unless I have the courage to attempt to see life through another set of lenses, I'm going to either A, presume that everyone looks at the world through my lens, or I'm going to presume that the way that I see the world is the correct and only way to see the issues in our country. Again, if I'm completely honest with you, it's very difficult for me as a white man to understand the reality with which other people live unless I have the courage to either A, have conversation with them, and in so doing, attempt to see life through their lens. And that's what makes it difficult to talk about race, right? It's difficult to talk about an issue that we don't even see is an issue. And as a white man, if I don't see the world through a lens that's anything other than the lens that a white man looks at, I'm not going to see it as an issue. Number two, the second reason why it's difficult to talk about race is because we're all comfortable in our comfort zones, which is why many people who started listening to this homily have already stopped listening to it, or which is why many people who are still listening to it are feeling uncomfortable, or why many people just wish I would talk about something else on Sunday. But it's difficult to talk about race. It's outside of our comfort zone. And we don't like things that are outside our comfort zone. 
And then finally, I think the third reason why it's very difficult for us in our country to talk about race is because it's, it's difficult to confront sin and it's difficult to confront sinners. And I want to be very honest with you and I'm ashamed that I'm about to say what I'm about to say and I repent today for what I'm about to say. But I was on a, I was fishing a couple months ago and I was on a boat and someone said the N-word and, and used a joke that was uh, discriminating in race and I didn't say anything. I was, I was angry, but I didn't say anything. I didn't know the people really, really well. I was certainly uh, in a different environment. And I repent, please God, and please for you to hear me say that I repent for this sin, but I didn't say anything. And I think a lot of us, if we're honest, have been there. I think a lot of us know that it's very, it's awkward and uncomfortable to confront sin head on. And it's, it's awkward to confront sinners head on. So, so that's why we don't talk about race in our nation, right? Because some of us don't see that it's an issue to begin with, or we're all comfortable with our comfort zones, or it's, it's awkward to confront sin. But if we don't talk about it, then I feel like it's only going to fester and get worse. And if we don't have appropriate ways to talk about it, then the anger which is elicited from the evil of racism will manifest itself in other forms of either evil, like the looting and the destruction of property, or it'll come out in other ways that are disproportionate to the racism itself, such as the kneeling of the flag and the disrespect for the flag itself. So we, we have to find healthy ways to talk about it. And we have to have healthy voices that speak to us as we talk about it, like the voice of Jesus. Like if Jesus were going to talk to us about racism, I think he'd say to us, like to love as Jesus loves, we have to see as Jesus sees. One more time. If we're going to love as Jesus loves, we have to see as Jesus sees. Like in the gospel today from Matthew chapter 20, you can feel the anger of the laborer who says to Jesus, you have made them equal to us. You can feel his anger, can't you, right? These other people, you have made them equal to us. And I place before us just a question that please God, we would all have the courage to answer that when it comes to human beings whose skin is different from ours, do we see them as equal to us? Like, if I can just be real honest, for, for, for those of us who are white, when we look at our, our brothers and sisters who have immigrated and who speak Spanish, do we see them as equal to us? When we're driving down the road and we see our brothers and sisters who have brown skin, who are African-American brothers and sisters, do we see them as equal to us? How often do we just click the, the locks and the doors because we just saw the, the color of a person's skin? How often have, have we, as white people, said, 
Hey, it's one thing for the, those people to come to our country, but they, they should learn English. Those are all the, the manifestations of racism or racial discrimination. And, and some of us who hear me say that may not like the fact that I said that. Or you might dismiss it and say, I'm overreacting. But, but here's the thing. When we, as any human being, looks at our race as superior to another race, then that's racism. And the way that you gauge whether we, we are making that mistake is through statements like that. Or when we categorize people, right? We can't have an authentic human relationship with a category. Like a category called immigrant. That's a category. It labels a person. And they're, they're no longer a human person. They're a category. Now, I have enough reverence for you to not actually name some of the other categories that we attach to people of color. But I would say that when we use those words and we categorize people, we're not in relationship with them. They're no, they're no longer human or a human person, they're just a category. And, and we can't love as God loves unless we see as God sees. If God were talking to us today, I believe that he would ask us three things. Number one, do you have the courage today to look inside your heart and actually acknowledge where racism exists in your heart? Because if we can't start with us, it's always going to be somebody else's problem, which is part of the problem. If you consider yourself to be a Christian, can you have the courage today to let Christ show you perhaps racism that is in your heart? Number two, Jesus Christ would ask us to close the door to sin. It is unacceptable to allow uh, racial jokes. It's unacceptable to not confront other people when they make racial statements. If we are going to be people of integrity, we have to close the door to sin. And then thirdly, I think Jesus would ask us to learn more about the real issues and not get hooked with the peripheral noise and reactions. So what Jesus is telling me is, Mark, I need to learn more about the reality of racial discrimination and not throw the baby out with the bathwater because I'm angry with the destruction of property or the, the way that I perceive, in my opinion, the di disrespect for the flag. There's a real issue underneath all that, and that's where the maturity is, is to go to the real issue. So, there's, there's one simple thing that you can do that we can all do, and that is maybe a little homework this week. And so our homework would be to actually have a conversation with a person of color and to ask them what is their human experience. And don't judge the experience. Just listen to the experience. I'm a white man who grew up in America looking at the America through the lens of a white man. I didn't know what it was like to be African-American or Hispanic-American until I started talking to people and listening to their story. But if we have reached a point in our country where we can't talk to each other 
or listen to each other, then I have grave, grave feelings about the future of our country. To love as Jesus loves means that we have to see as Jesus sees. And it's time that we learn how to talk about the tough things in life. Let's first start by talking to the Lord and ask him for the courage today to love as he loves, which means we have to first see as he sees. God bless you.